Hello, my name is Amy Toy, the host of Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Besides being a radio show host, I'm also an intuitive counselor who provides spiritual insight into matters of the heart. Are you confused about your love life? Thinking of getting a new job? Wondering about your purpose and why you are here? I work very closely with not only the angelic realm, but also those who have crossed over to the other side. All sessions are strictly confidential. I also offer long-distance healing sessions using angelic energy. This angelic energy, also known as Integrated Energy Therapy, IET, can be done through Skype or on the phone and helps you get the issues out of the tissues. For first-time clients only, I am offering a 20% discount. You can find me online on amytoyamytoy.com, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or email me at angelicamy35 at gmail.com or simply call 727-514-7323. May the angels carry you through, and this is for entertainment purposes only. And welcome to Angel Answers with Amy Toy. I have an amazing guest who really has a lot going on for him in this uh, um, in this interview. He's a fellow podcaster. He's also a life coach. But as um, we came together on LinkedIn, and um, he's got a very interesting story to tell on how um, you can transform your life in different ways. I want everyone to welcome Kenneth Todd to the show. Welcome. How are you doing today, Kenneth? Amy, I'm doing great, and uh, thanks for having me. It's a real privilege and honor, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming on. It's it's always awesome to hear inspiring stories from, you know, fellow, fellow podcasters, and, you know, we all have a story, and that's why I love doing this show. So tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself. Like, what do you, um, how, what do you do, and what, you know, what led you here, and I'll, I'll let you take the floor, and, you know, I'll, I'll uh, interrupt if I need to ask any further questions, but, hey, what, how did you come to this realization that you wanted more out of life? Yeah, well, thanks. Well, it started a long, long time ago. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and it can't be far, far away. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I mean, it's just life uh, led me on this journey um, you know, to where we are now having this conversation and, you know, multiple things happening in, in my life. Some of the things that... Um, you know, it worked out really well and some things that didn't work out really well. So it's just a combination of, of things. And, and so just to give you some background of people, I'm just trying to understand, um, you know, where this funny, weird accent is from. I'm originally from South Africa. And, um, you know, so I, I live in San Diego now. I've been living in the U.S. since 2001. And uh, in my former life, I was an investment banker. That's that's what I mm. I wanted to do. As, mm-hmm. as a kid, I just wanted to make money because I came from a pretty poor family. So all I wanted to do was make money. But, you know, I always had this uh, interest um, in spirituality and in, in just life in something uh, greater meaning. And, um, you know, so just being raised in a Christian home, I always thought that that would be in the church and one day I'd be a pastor or something. But then I I changed, right? I just wanted to break out of that poverty cycle. And my father had passed mm-hmm. away when I was just a young boy. Um, and um, But I, was, I had a lot of fun growing up, and it was just a, a great environment. You know, I'm, I'm one of eight kids. And so anyway, I went wow. on this 
investment banking journey and I had to put pay my way through college and stuff and I worked during the day and studied at night and I got a mm-hmm. degree in business management and, and marketing and mm-hmm. then a master's in economics and I thought that would be my path, right? And I just felt okay. empty as I rose up and I worked in investment banking in London and then that's how I came to America. Um, and I just... The more money I made, the more promotions I got, the higher that I got, I thought, well, maybe I'll get happier at that next level, that next level, that next level. And um, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. I was just mm. I was just feeling empty and frustrated. And even though I had a beautiful family, I had money in the bank, I had my pension and 401k taken care of, and my family didn't uh, have to worry about anything. We went on multiple holidays, and I traveled the world, and it was good. And... Um, but I just felt empty and I thought, you know, what's wrong with me? Is Am I different from everybody else? And I, I just couldn't stand going to work on a Monday. Uh, <laughs> and I might seem yeah. ungrateful, but after a while, you know, the money is nice. And I was grateful for the money and the homes and my beautiful family, right. but I just felt there must be more to life. And that's really when I started seeking at a deeper level for, hey, there must be something here. And fortunately, my wife was just more open to me than, than me, right? She was reading mm-hmm. books by Louise Hay and she was she oh, was into okay. the metaf- metaphysical world and she had been a, thinking about studying at a met- metaphysical university and she never forced anything and, you know, I still mm-hmm. had my old beliefs and I kept like a distance from her, um, mm-hmm. you know, not not in a negative way, but I, I just like, oh man, this, maybe some of the stuff is like evil, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. So it, I know the feeling. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's just those beliefs. Yeah. And and um, so anyway, I started jumping into spirituality, and I really thought I had life figured out. I, I really jumped into, I was consuming books by, I mean, to be honest, it's like Joel Osteen was the first guy that shifted everything for yep. me. Okay. Because all yep. of a sudden, during this uh, period of feeling empty, is I saw him on television and it was like the first time that I could listen to a positive message from a Christian sort of church. I'm mm-hmm. not knocking Christianity, but just the churches that I went to, it was always very dreary and slow and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, and all of a sudden there was this guy just preaching this positive message and I was like, whoa, this is yeah. powerful. And then I started consuming yeah. things like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra yep. and Louise mm-hmm. Hay and mm-hmm. then I just wanted to get, and I started finding fulfillment in this. And, and literally, um, I was like, for a period of about two years, I was just, I was absolutely just buzzing. But I was still mm-hmm. stuck in this, in this uh, crazy environment of making money in investment banking, you know, structuring mm-hmm. big deals, lots of grown men acting like fools around money and screaming and shouting on the trading floor and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, I, I decided that I wanted to get into the healing arts. But I said mm-hmm. to my wife, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just want to help. I want to help people. Because uh, mm-hmm. my wife's a healing touch practitioner and reflexologist. And so okay. I said to her, you know, I want to be in a position where I don't have to worry about work and reporting to work. If we want to go to Colorado, we were living in Connecticut at the time. Uh, if oh, we want to wow. go to Colorado to a healing mm-hmm. touch workshop or mm-hmm. whatever. I just want to have that flexibility to not be able to report to a box or exactly. hey, it's month end, all of that. Yep. So I'm yep. going to leave this mm-hmm. job. I'm going to leave this yep. job in one month 
And she was like, mm-hmm. are you serious? So I said, yeah. I said, I've, I've made this decision. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing mm-hmm. in the kitchen and she was looking at me weird and, and like, okay, <laughs> well, I don't know where we're going to get the money, but I mean, it was, I had enough money, right? So, and yeah. uh, so I started packing up my office one oh. thing at a time so people wouldn't notice me clearing out my office. And literally mm-hmm. 30 days to the day, I knew it was like, hey, that Tuesday that was coming, I'm leaving that company. But what was mm-hmm. happening in the background was that the financial markets were starting to turn upside down. And I didn't know, but my my mm-hmm. area, even though I was still making profit, was mm-hmm. uh, was going to be closed down. So on that Tuesday, right. I went into the office and there was the yellow poster note on my computer. Hey, call me when you get in. And I knew Uh-oh. that. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't scared because this is what I had created. Remember, I said, hey, 30 days. And it was literally 50 days to the day. Right? Wow. I'd been doing this visualization, this whole law of attraction uh-huh. thing. And mm-hmm. I picked up the phone. I dialed the number. And before the guy on the other side I wow. said anything, I just said to him, my time is up here, isn't it? And he said, I'm afraid so. Um, hey, yeah. I'm just dealing with this guy. I'll come meet you in your office. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so then I, had, I thought I had everything figured out. I thought I have got yep. this whole thing. And so I know this has been a bit of a long intro, but from there, it's okay. yep. two weeks later, two mm-hmm. weeks later, I started developing all these weird symptoms and I ended up, I didn't know at the time, but I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and wow. I wasn't able to, I was sick for about five years. I wasn't able to mm-hmm. work. Um, everything went uh, south really quickly, you know, or mm-hmm. like I was sick in bed. My the equity in my home evaporated as the market collapsed. My four hundred one went in half. My 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 shares, my stock, everything. But I didn't really care. All I wanted to do was get healthy. So I was stuck in bed for months. Um, oh. and um, so anyway, it was this period of the next five years which I lost everything, everything that I had built up my entire life from escaping mm-hmm. poverty in South Africa to coming here. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden going from that, hey, I've got everything figured out, I understand the law of attraction, I understand life, is mm-hmm. I got dealt this hand. And I was mm-hmm. angry and I was frustrated and I was feeling abandoned and hopeless and isolated and all those negative emotions. Yeah. But it was during this period of time that things shifted for me and I realized that that, that, that period of absolute uh, pain and hell was actually my greatest mm-hmm. blessing. Because yep. remember, I asked for that. I asked how right. I tell people, I just don't know how to. Right. And that's what launched my coaching career. And um, and here we are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I'm going to just relate to a couple of things you just said. Joel Olstein, I love him. He actually say, yeah. shares the same birthday, not the same year, but the same birthday on March 5th, and so is he. So I was like, yes, great spiritual uh-huh. thinkers think alike. He goes the Christian yeah. route, I go the metaphysics route. <laughs> but I love exactly. him. I'll watch him once in a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I even watch him, to, you know, if I need to. I mean, I don't watch him every Sunday, but if he's on or if he's whatever, sometimes, you know, I, I believe that this, you know, spirit will lead me to where I need to, you know, be at the time. So I'll listen to mm-hmm. him, but... You know, back in what you said, what oh seven oh eight, this happened to you when yes. you lost your All job right. and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that that's yeah. yeah, that was weird because that is uh, the time frame too. I went through a catharsis myself. I was working as a paralegal and then doing the healings and psychic work on the side, and I knew yeah. 
in 08. When 08 happened, I, that turn of that year, they, I was told basically from my gu- inner guidance that this was the last year I was going to work as a paralegal. Now, I had just gotten my degree three or four years earlier, and that I was going to do the psychic healing work full time. And I thought they were out of their mind. I'm like, you, this is, you, you got to be kidding me. What happened in November of 08 is I lost my job. And and then mm-hmm. I had something else I jumped right into, and I'm making a hell of a lot more money than I was as a paralegal and less aggravation. Mm. Yeah. So isn't it interesting how that it happens? Is. Sometimes, you know, it's like what you ask for is what you get. And people are like, what do you mean? You know, you do sometimes ask at a soul level, maybe not a conscious level, that sometimes you have to change your path around. It's like the universe is saying, uh-uh, no, no. Like you coming down with Lyme's disease, too. It, sh- it was your teacher. In, in my that's perspective, right. was your greatest teacher to Absolutely. help others, and, yeah. and that's you know that's really what yeah, we how, need to pay attention to. Yeah. Yes, yes, because you could be in the most dead end job, or in a dead end relationship, or marriage, or whatever. If it's choking you, it's literally going to kill you. And if you mm-hmm. don't get out of it, the universe is giving you signs to get out of it. It's your get out of jail free card. And yes, you know you have to be fulfilled. I mean, every day. I love doing radio shows, and, you know, I'm starting my YouTube channel in a couple weeks here. I love talking to Fantastic. people and educating people. That is yeah. what my, you know, I'm transforming my, my career. I'm going to another phase. But I love helping people and inspiring people. That's why I bring people on like you, to inspire others who are listening to this show. It may not be today or may not be when it's broadcast, but whatever. But, it, you know, that there is a way out. And um, right. you're, the, you're, you're your own worst enemy holding yourself back, you know, and it's good to educate people. There's other choices because I don't think people understand there is other choices other than a nine to five job. At least that's how I was raised. They thought I was crazy. My family going out on my own. You're going to start your own business. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that was the biggest shift for me, right? That was the biggest learning thing for me is, uh, Mm -hmm. You know, what will happen to is that the right message delivered by the right person will come at the right time for you. So like right. you say, right, if somebody might be listening to this show, might be a year's time from when we actually record it, or it might be one day or one week, or it might be five mm-hmm. years. I don't know. Uh, and it right. might not be me. It might be somebody else that they listen to that message, and that message just resonates with them. And mm-hmm. one of the things is is... Well, there's a number of things. Is, is is some of the lessons that I learned from this is if you, you know, life's going to deal you a hand that you always that you don't always have a choice in. We get to co-create. We are co-creators. We're not complete right. creators of our universe. We co-creators. Um, right. It, it just in in my in my opinion, right? But unless you believe in past lives and you agree with what you're coming into this life and, and mm-hmm. that you know what you're going to experience. But just from a conscious perspective is, yeah, hey, you might decide, you know what is, I would like to go live in uh, New York or Florida and I want to do this career. Yeah, you have that ability to to do that. And, and just like you say, you want to start your YouTube channel and connect, you're creating that life. But then life's mm-hmm. going to deal us things like illness, like uh, relationship issues, maybe you don't choose to um, have your partner become abusive or cheat on you, or you know mm-hmm. you don't choose to be fired from your job or laid off because the economy. You don't choose a whole lot of these things, but they come. But right. where you do become a co-creator 
is the choices that you make. And for me, mm-hmm. I was just so stubborn, right, is I asked for that, but I didn't ask to get sick. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, I thought, I uh, hey, just show me the way. Everything will be cool. And somebody get that everything's fine and, and it's an easy path or easier path. For me, mm-hmm. right, there's, there's, there's days, I'll be honest with you, is I wanted to kill myself. There was literally a voice yeah. in my head, right? I mean, that illness was attacking my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I literally voices in my head telling me, oh, I wish I had a gun. And then I was like, mm-hmm. it was like having this conversation. Well, I don't have a gun. Well, you've got ties, neck ties up in your cupboard. Why don't you use a right. neck tie? And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there shivering, thinking, who the heck is this voice in my head? Right? Like almost right. like a possession. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. going on antibiotics and that quickly, those, those, that changed very quickly for me. So, and just those dark, dark experiences where I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. And I was just completely mm-hmm. petrified where, uh, you know, suffering from anxiety. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave my home. If my wife left the, the living room and went to the kitchen, I would follow her. Um, mm. I didn't leave my home for two years. I didn't have the courage because I was having these uh, anxiety attacks again, because this wow. Lyme disease attacked my central nervous system. Mm. But what I learned right over three and a half, four years, it took me that long to realize, well, Kenneth, actually, you, even though you didn't choose this, this is for your benefit. And mm-hmm. you do get the choice of how you're going to experience this event. It might not be pleasant, but yeah. you have to pay attention. What is the lesson mm-hmm. I can learn here? What is the emotional baggage that I'm carrying from that young boy losing a father, growing up in poverty, all those beliefs that I've created and stories, which Mm -hmm. is how I experienced my life. What can I use this illness to not only learn more about spirituality, learn more about myself, connect more Mm -hmm. with the universe and God, whatever you want to call it, but what can I learn that's going to release that old baggage that's going to hold me back in, in the future? And I think to your point, is that's the way we should be looking at everything. And when we shift our perception, as Wayne Dyer yep. used to say, right? Yep. When we change the way that we look at things, look things. the things that we look things at change. Change, yep. <laughs> yeah, right? my favorite quote uh, <laughs> from Wayne. Yeah, you know that, right? So that yeah. was that was a, a few of the biggest lessons for me. Um, but I was, I was fortunate to have a mentor during that time. And um, not everybody has a mentor, but that period in my life, I was lucky I've never had a mentor in my life because my father wasn't around or somebody like that. But during that time, mm-hmm. um, my my mother-in-law was dating a guy in South Africa. Um, I, I say dating, you know, they're in their 70s, so <laughs> it's like companionship, right? Um, yep. But he was, he, he was a psychic medium and spiritual healer. And mm. he, this guy just had this amazing depth of knowledge about the mind, the subconscious mind, mm-hmm. the conscious mind and, and life mm-hmm. and how healing and the universe and God and all of this stuff. And he had mm-hmm. been practicing for 40 something years. Um, wow. So again, just the right person at the right time, but he was in South Africa and he would come over once a year and he'd come stay with us because he was doing trainings in Pennsylvania and stuff. So he'd okay. come stay with us for a month and then go, uh, train people, you train people in Pennsylvania and Nevada and stuff. But he was the guy who said to me, Ken, you phone me every day at 10 o'clock my time. Mm. It, was, it was 10 o'clock my time, so uh, like mm. 5 o'clock his time, and I'll speak to you. Um, 
And at first, it annoyed me um, because he kept talking to me about my subconscious mind. And hey, if you want to heal yourself, the, the healing comes from within. You can mm-hmm. heal yourself. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, why does this guy keep speaking to me about my mind? Can't you see I'm sick? I just, I just want a pill. I want some medicine. Some, somebody yep. help me. But yep. I listened. And it took me about three and a half years. And then when I started integrating some of the trainings with Bob Proctor, is everything that Elf, who was this guy, my mentor, just all of a sudden it clicked. And wow. that was when I made a decision. It was about four and, four and a half years in. It's like, hey, I know what the problem is. I'm going to change it. And within six months, mm-hmm. I had gone from um, being four years behind on my mortgage, <laughs> 500K in wow. debt, um, wow. to being on, on antibiotics for three and a half years. Within six months, I'd built my first six-figure business, and I'd never taken another drop of medicine, and I was healthy. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. So, I know yeah. I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, and <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, well, it's it's a huge story. It's a huge transformation, and you know when you think back to those dark times, those you know they call that the dark night of the soul, where you are just it's between you and God. Is it going to be? Are you going to choose life? Or are you going to choose your own death? And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you need to hear a story of someone who's overcome a huge insurmountable obstacle. Uh, insurmountable obstacles. If I could talk, you know, that is a situation that is inspiration. I mean, Lyme's disease, that's something that I've heard people get really sick on. I've, ha- I've had a few friends of mine who've had that. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different beliefs and stories around it. And, you know, I'm led to believe people have died from it. And people get sick and, and end up in wheelchairs and, and all sorts, um, you know, sick for, for years and years and years. Um, you know, I, ch- I chose... Uh, and I was—I must admit, it was difficult. And and some people in the Lyme community, if they hear this message, they might get angry. And I understand that. But I chose not to believe that it doesn't go away, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. knew eventually. And let me tell you, once you're on antibiotics for six or eight months, and then you stop, and those symptoms come back, and you go on another cycle for six months, and you stop, and those symptoms come back. And it happens for three years, four years. You start thinking, maybe the stuff doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the doctor, and you ask the doctor, and he's like, nah, well, we don't really know kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, is this mm-hmm. me? Um, but I just, I made a decision once I started understanding the mind and belief systems. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to believe that because I'm going to choose right. to, I know people that have, been bitten by ticks and had Lyme disease and been on a short course of med- uh, antibiotics and healed themselves. And I'm going to choose mm-hmm. to allow this power that created me to heal me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let my mind get in the way. And so the story mm-hmm. I'm going to tell myself is that this is part of my healing and this is part of my growth. I asked for this journey and when mm-hmm. I've learned my lesson, it'll release me. And mm-hmm. I'll then move on to the next stage of my life. So it is quite a. It is quite an. an well, it, it's not quite. It is a. It, it's a nasty, nasty uh, disease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, you know, up up in the northeast and that area. I mean, I was ground zero for that for that stuff, right? And um, yeah, for me, it attacked my liver and my central nervous system. 
uh, my body did all sorts of weird things. Like, mm-hmm. felt like I was having seizures, just like like anxiety attack, just like boom, 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 over and over. Um, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't handle light. I couldn't handle sounds. I couldn't tell the difference between my left leg and my right leg. So cognitive issues, you know, all sorts wow. of things and re- reactions to food. It's just like from mm-hmm. being like an Ironman triathlete to I couldn't walk up the stairs in my house without my body like mm-hmm. going into like seizure mode. It was, it was crazy. Um, but as quick as that stuff came, when I made the mental changes, uh, along with the antibiotics, I'm not going to discount the medicine, and along with right. going on a can- candida diet, a natural diet, it, that mm-hmm. when that happened and I made those mental changes, I'm telling yep. you the shift happened and it happened quickly, where it disappeared mm-hmm. as quick as it had come. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so um, wow. that. That's 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 what it is. It's it's not a fun illness. Um, uh, no. I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it's like me and you know alcoholism. You know, I'm going to be celebrating yeah. ten years of sobriety, and that lesson coming to that point of you know really falling on my knees and knowing I had a problem because up my life up to that point was abuse, narcissism, you know, family trauma drama and trauma, chaos, Mm -hmm. you know, relationships, you know, being in a religious organization that I, you know, that's brought me to Jesus, you know, basically brought me to my needs and leaving that organization Mm -hmm. of the Jehovah's Witnesses. We talked about that on your podcast. And just, you know, dealing with all this trauma and drama and abuse and, you know, really anesthetizing my feelings. And trying to deal with that. And the year before I lost, in 07, I lost my best friend from childhood. And that really put me over the edge. I already had a genetic predisposition to alcoholism on both sides of the family. You know, that put me over the edge. So I get it. I get it. It's like I would never ask for that journey like that. But I'm grateful. I learned about myself becoming sober, and I learned about who I really was. And I tore, like you, it feels like you really had to learn um, to rely on your higher power, God, or whatever you believe in, and know that it's all, you know, it's a matter of perception. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I don't think I would have been able to get that knowledge if life had just been good. Yeah. Because it, yep. it forced me. It's, it, it, You know what it's like? It's like when you're in high school and you don't, or you're in college, and you haven't studied for your finals, and the finals is the next day. And you know there's just something... There's yes. something good on television, but you're like, damn it, I can't watch the TV. I go, I'm only on chapter one, and I've got 14 chapters to go, and I've only got, you know, <laughs> 20 yeah. hours left until my exam. And and so it's it's like that that illness was just there, and I, so the, I didn't have a choice. I would, like, have to meditate mm-hmm. three times a day. I would have mm-hmm. to look at my belief systems, you know. Did I even see myself as worthy? I'd have to dig deep into, um, you know, my my childhood uh, journey. I mean, my father, I don't know if he was an alcoholic or not, but, I mean, he was a heavy boozer, and he was a beautiful okay. man, but he put some alcohol in the guy, and he was a different beast, right? So yeah. all those yeah. all those things, like lying, I still remember being, you know, three years old, right about there, you know, in my sister's bed, petrified, because I could hear my... Dad chasing my mom around downstairs. I mean, we at that time, my dad was a very wealthy businessman, and so we had this. We lived in this huge mansion in South Africa. 
I could just mm-hmm. hear the screaming and shouting, and I'm thinking, what the heck's going on? Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's happening? What's happening in my house? And and I just remember my mm-hmm. my sister was like just snuggling me in in her bed. I mean, she was probably uh, at that time she was probably 16 years old, and she was just like, oh no, everything's going to be fine. Everything's been fine. I don't know what she was going through, but that that's residue that stays there. And I had to go back and stuff that I've never gone back and looked in my life. I had to go back and look. Yeah. Um, and then it opened me up to other people just like you, right? Is one of the reasons why I asked you to come on my podcast is because I've seen all your knowledge and expertise. And mm-hmm. I had to go through, I saw every single person I, I could think of from shamans to, <laughs> you know, psychic healers mm-hmm. to reflexologists to hypnosis to past life regression to uh, medical intuitives, you name it. I went and saw them and I had some incredible experiences that I can't even explain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of that opened up. The way that I see it, Amy, it was like my body was encrusted with like a slab of concrete okay. that I'd formed over my my life. And I was carrying this mm-hmm. this baggage this, this weight of concrete, you know, just like encased in this concrete. Mm-hmm. And I, and at some point when I decided, hey, I want to get into the healing arts, I had started to experience life without carrying that 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 sort of encasement of concrete. I got mm-hmm. a sort of taste of it, and I asked for that. Hey, I want to live my life like this. And then yep. life, you know, the universe, if you're, are you sure? Okay, cool. Well, we'll help you get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And then it takes out a big stick and starts beating <laughs> you over the back with the stick. And this yeah. is the image that I had in my mind is like, you know, three years in. I said, this is what's happening is mm-hmm. I'm because I just kept getting beat down. And you probably maybe had the same experience where you just, yep. you're trying to come mm-hmm. up for a breath and then something new comes along mm-hmm. and then another thing mm-hmm. and then another thing. And eventually I was like, this is what's happening. I'm like a little boy in the corner of my bedroom because I was lying in bed and I says, life is just beating me with this big stick, but it's not doing it Mm -hmm. to hurt me. It's Mm -hmm. just knocking and breaking this concrete, the cement layer that's over me. And when I think, Mm -hmm. hey, that's enough, it's saying, no, no, trust me. Trust me. I've got to remove this last layer. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we've got to carry on breaking through this. And that was Mm -hmm. part of me just like shifting my perception, just trying to say, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is what's happening. And on mm-hmm. the other side of that was freedom. I had released some of that old baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then what I realized there was even more layers. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's uh, a, yeah. 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 I I've recently you just carry on going and growing. Yep. Hmm. Well, it's it's interesting because you think you're done with one part of your past that you've overcome, okay? And that recently mm-hmm. happened last month for me. I had something um, of a past relationship and very a lot of traumatic stuff. And, and you know, I thought I dealt with some of the uh, different aspects I didn't. Actually, a layer mm-hmm. of anger was lifted from me, from this particular ex-person that I used to date. And it was freeing. And I said, huh, where did that come from? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know yeah, exactly. how angry I was, and yeah. even you know when I got when I was in sobriety and living the life of sobriety for me is, 
I mean, when I first, the year before I got sober, because my best friend had passed away, I was so angry at her. So I went to therapy, go to the therapist, talk about how angry I was at her for leaving me because she was so young. And, you know, then, oh, I'm an alcoholic. Great. And then dealing with family trauma. And it was just like this domino effect of lifting that, that you call that encrustment. I call it the two by fours uh, upside the head, the spiritual two by four. <laughs> That's um, I. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, boom, and then you think you're right. You you think you're done with something. It's like, boom. <laughs> it's like, okay, exactly. I got enough headaches from being hit upside the head a few times, Spirit. Stop it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and that's it. I mean, that's what life is about. I mean, every if we start looking at these, these um, challenges in our life as opportunities to grow, to learn and grow, yeah. you know, um, and that's mm-hmm. where you have the wisdom. Uh, yeah, it it doesn't yeah. mean it's easy, but it does. No, it makes it easier than just being completely right. confused and like you know what the heck's going on. And but then there might be times where you just get frustrated and say, well, "Hey, what am I meant to learn here? I just can't see anything I'm meant to be learning." But quite right. often it's when we just quieten that mind down, when we just go back to our true essence, is yep. um, and and listen to that inner guidance and that inner voice. And we're not focused on our problems. Is, and this is not just a spiritual thing. This is what actually happens to your brain, right? There's a part of your brain called the reticular activation system. Mm. That, it, you know, it's like if all of a sudden that you decide, you know, I really like to buy myself a red Mercedes Benz. And then all of a sudden you start noticing red Mercedes Benz on the road. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that everybody's gone out there to purchase brand new red Mercedes Benz is because you wanted one. It's just that that's <laughs> not where your focus was. And so right. what this what this part of our brain is doing, it filters out everything that's not important to us. So, right. for example, if you're standing on the side of the road, outside on the side of the street, and you want to cross the street, right? I mean, your brain is yeah. trying to process trillions. It's getting fed trillions of bits of information from the color, all the different shades of the sky, the clouds. You know, the trees, the color of the trees, the buildings, everything, cars, people. But it knows that you want to cross the road. So right. it's going to say, okay, don't worry about the, the, the bloody clouds and the color of the sky right now and the shape of the buildings. Just pay attention to the cars in the road. Is it safe? You know, is there a motorbike? Yeah. Or is there a car? Is there a truck? Is there a bus? That's where the focus goes. So it filters mm-hmm. out everything that's not important. Otherwise, it would just be completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that part of our brain is happening. So, you know, people that are listening and they think, oh, this, this might be just metaphysical stuff. Yes, it is. But actually you're, what's happening on a, on a physiological part, uh, um, element in your body is, is exactly this. So when you mm-hmm. focus on your problems, when you focus on your lack, or when you focus on that broken relationship mm-hmm. or your health, what's going to happen is your brain is going to filter out all the other information around it. So mm-hmm. if you're on the internet, there might be a news article or advertisement or radio station playing like right now with an important message for you that will help you, that will bring the right person or event or situation or get you thinking a certain way so that you mm-hmm. can find that new job or that you can find that loving relationship or improve your health. But you're missing it because you're so focused. Your thoughts are on something else. And so your brain's mm-hmm. going to miss that message. It's just like a radio station, right? If, if we don't tune into the right frequency, 
Right. Yours and my voice is going to be out there in the ether. Okay? Mm-hmm. But if you're not tuned mm-hmm. into that frequency, you're not going to hear our voices. But if you turn mm-hmm. the, your radio to the right frequency, you're going to hear our voices and you're going to hear mm-hmm. the message. And that's the same thing as, as your brain. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just your mind and, and how this whole law of attraction and this metaphysical thing works. We're all connected in this universe. So it's yeah. all vibrational harmony. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just really interesting because, you know, we, I, I mean, I, you know, you had mentioned you had grown up in a poverty stricken household before your, you know, after your father passed. And I grew up in a very negative household. And, I had to overcome so much of that thinking. I, I tell my listeners it takes most of your adulthood to get over your childhood, which is what, you know, up to 18 years, whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's re, it's unlearning what you've learned. And that's yes. law of attraction, too. It's, it's learning a new way and also feeling that you already have it, that you already possess it, too. You know, because my clients will say, oh, I've done affirmations. And I said, do you feel like you have it or are you just still having doubt in there? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the thing, and and that's why, you know, is like I'm a firm believer that uh, you know we choose the parents or our parents that are our parents are the perfect people for the lessons that we need to learn. Mm-hmm. And also, I just wish that some of the stuff would be, you know, taught more in schools and stuff. And you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, for example. Um, yeah, so I see some of the presidential camp uh, candidates talking about, you know, extending the school day. Yeah, and I understand that because people are working and it costs their money. But at the same time, as I, I said to my wife, it's like, I actually wouldn't, I actually wouldn't want that. Um, mm-hmm. Unless they were teaching our kids something because what we're just teaching our kids is, is, I mean, I've got two kids, one in, one in high school and one in their um, final year of middle school. But we're still mm-hmm. learning and teaching our kids updated stuff, you know. People, you know, mm-hmm. do we really need to learn about isosceles triangles and that in the year 2000? I mean, we need it 2020, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like, come on, you know. Is Why can't we teach people about beliefs, um, you know, about how mind works, about financial security, um, yes. you know, how to, how to be more compassionate and, and, and mm-hmm. things like that, right? Just like you say, because we, we're spending our life unlearning certain things. Yeah, because our beliefs mm-hmm. govern everything. The way that we see mm-hmm. life is through our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Not, we, don't, we don't see life through our eyes. We're seeing life and processing life based on our beliefs. And so where mm-hmm. do those beliefs come from? Well, our genetic makeup, some people are wired a certain mm-hmm. way. But the other thing is the environment in which we were raised. So you, like you speak about being raised in a negative environment. And then the third mm-hmm. thing is your life experiences. So if you were mm-hmm. va- raised in an environment where the, the talk about money was, or maybe you were raised in poverty and the talk around the, the dinner table was, uh, you know, money's so hard to come by, there's not enough money. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. rich people are thieving, cheating, conniving people. Oh, money changes people. Money is evil. That becomes mm-hmm. your truth. So even right. though you want to get out of that, remember these mm-hmm. belief systems are sitting there on a subconscious level. We're not even aware of them. You know, I like mm-hmm. to use the analogy of your beliefs are like a crocodile sitting underneath the water. And you're trying to, you're trying to keep your head above water using your conscious mm-hmm. thoughts. 
but you're constantly getting dragged down because you've got this alligator, but you don't actually realize this alligator's got hold of your leg and it's pulling you down because this alligator is a sneaky little bugger and he's got rubber teeth. So you know there's yeah. something pulling you down, but you can't feel any pain and you're struggling. You know, hey, I want to get to air. I want to get to the, the banks of the river. But what's mm-hmm. happening is, is this alligator just pulling you down, trying to drown you slowly, slowly. And that's what your beliefs are. And so no mm-hmm. matter how hard you want to get out of that poverty when you're older, no matter how hard you want to go apply for a new job or start a new business, what's going to happen on a subconscious level, these thoughts are going to come back. And our belief systems govern our behavior. So all of a sudden we're going to think, oh, you know what, I'm too old for this, or I don't have the experience, or who's going to listen to me, or... You know, you'll go do something and maybe launch a radio station like you're doing and, and maybe one person will mm-hmm. listen and you say, you see, um, nobody's listening to me. This is, this, I'm not cut out for this. Life is against mm-hmm. me. And these are the stories that we tell ourselves. So then we go back to that place of comfort, even though that, that place of comfort is a place that we don't want to be. We become comfortable with the uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. that's why we stay in jobs that we cannot stand. Mm-hmm. That's why... People stay in abusive relationships and they try to rationalize their decision-making. Oh, maybe if I just mm-hmm. don't speak to him that way, or, you know, it's all my fault, you know, this kind of stuff. Uh, this is why, you know, diets don't work because part of our beliefs is our self-image, how we see ourselves. Do we mm-hmm. see ourselves as worthy? Do we see ourselves as good enough? And we'll never be able to out-earn or outperform our self-image. And until we change that, we're going to stay stuck. Right? Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, if you want to have a loving relationship, you have to see yourself as being worthy of being loved and being exactly. good enough to be loved and to be good mm-hmm. enough to love others and understand how to love others. But if we were raised in that environment as a kid, that all sits there mm-hmm. on a subconscious level. So just like you say, we've got to unlearn that. But also if your life experiences. So maybe you had three relationships where your partner cheated on you. After mm-hmm. a while, those life experiences, you form a belief. Hey, all guys mm-hmm. or all gals are the same. You mm-hmm. see? But it's not true. It's only because mm-hmm. that you've experienced that. You've created that belief system based on your life experiences or your the environment in which you were raised. But here's the good news. Mm-hmm. Because those beliefs mm-hmm. can be changed, but it all starts with a thought. You see, we're all trying mm-hmm. to change our behavior, right. but you've got to go to the source of your behavior. What's the source of your behavior? Your beliefs. Where do your beliefs mm-hmm. come from? Your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is painful to go back and learn those and create new beliefs, but it's the answer. It's the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what... Um it's sometimes you're not even aware of your beliefs either. And that's where, you know, I call it digging um, underneath the excavations. You're like an archaeologist. You're going underneath and digging up stuff, maybe from way in the past that you have to look at. And it's painful Mm -hmm. to look at that, but it's rewarding at the same time. And I'll tell you, if I hadn't looked at a lot of things from my past, I wouldn't be on where I'm at today. It's, it's a lot of hard work and it's, it's not a pay, you know, like a path for the faint hearted is, you know, we've both, been discussing this last almost hour you know it's it, it takes a lot of courage but once you do it you're like hmm interesting and suddenly your life yes. does get better 
in time, it does get better. It gets where you see all the, the, you know, the rewards of all your hard work. It really does. You're like, oh, and then you're grateful for the good times because you're like, I don't have to go through that crap again. Thank God. Exactly. And some of those things, so some of the things you might be able to address and get rid of in your life very quickly, but some others yes. might take years. And, yes. you know, it's interesting what you what you said uh, about you're not even aware of your beliefs. Like, mm-hmm. so I'll give you two examples. For a, as a business owner, it it was easier for me to understand some of my beliefs because, for example, when I first started my business, I had a marketing business. Um, and um, is uh, the person who taught me how to do this, he said, oh, no, you should be charging 1800 bucks a month. But I was charging wow. people $97 a month. Because, right? <laughs> um, And the reason I got into this marketing business is I had to, while I was sick and in bed, I thought, what business could I start from my home? What business could I do? So I started selling jigsaw puzzles online. Um, so anyway, I, I created a successful business uh, from home. And um, mm-hmm. so then my friends started asking me, yeah, how did you build a website? And, and so this was like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was teaching people about, hey, Facebook had just come out. It would be out for about two years by then. And, you know, how to mm-hmm. use Twitter and how to build blogs and how to build websites. So then I started charging people. So that's how I started my marketing business. But um, so... So right from then is I understood what my belief systems were about how much I could charge people. And mm. I just knew, oh, my gosh, Kenneth, you don't see yourself as being good enough to be able to charge somebody $1,000. So mm-hmm. what do you need to do to get to that level where you're confident charging 1,000 people? Okay, go get the skill set. Right? Because mm-hmm. then I created that belief. And then I started saying, ah, okay, if I – this is why I'm earning $30,000. You're only earning $30,000 because you have a $30,000 self-image. That's the truth. Right. And it's not mm-hmm. because you're a bad person. It's just to understand. This is a life's just, it's a game. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a school where you come here to grow. But then mm-hmm. there were things that I didn't see so easily. So that example was, I remember, it's like every night when I was sick, I used to go outside. Um, Mm-hmm. or towards the end, like the last year and a half, two years, I did, that's how long I did this, is when I was healthy enough to walk around and do stuff, is every night mm. before I went to bed, I would take the dogs out to do their mm. their their last little wee and poop before they went to bed, right? And I would walk mm-hmm. up and down our pathway, and I would just start saying positive affirmations, right? Mm. Uh, over and over to myself, I am perfectly mm-hmm. healthy, my body is yeah, has incredible stamina and, you know, my central nervous system is perfect health, my immune system, this over and over. And I'd do this until I was literally buzzing with positivity. And mm-hmm. sometimes that would be like 15 minutes, sometimes it would be an hour and a half. And wow. I'm sure my dogs hated it, hated me for it because even in the middle of winter, I'd be all wrapped up and I'd be shivering outside there. Um, and then I'd eventually let them in, of course. I was, I'm not that cruel. So anyway... Um, I would do this, and and I still remember this one night I was walking down the, the pathway, and my neighbors probably thought I was nuts. They probably said, "What the heck's Kenneth doing at you know ten, eleven o'clock at night walking up and down this pathway, even in the snow?" But there I was, 
I, w- I understood the power of, of affirmation so, yes. and, and visualization. So I was going through mm-hmm. this whole process. And, you know, when I started, I, I didn't feel great. I didn't want to be outside. I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to go to bed and just sleep. And, but by the mm-hmm. end of doing these affirmations, I'd be absolutely buzzing. I'd feel so inspired, so spiritually connected. I was just like on another level, right? It just mm-hmm. it became addictive, this feeling. But while, one night mm-hmm. while I was doing this, all of a sudden, this thought came to me, was like, and I was saying, you know, come on now, it's like, I'm worthy um, of earning X amount of dollars. And then this mm-hmm. thought came to me, hey, Kenneth, what about dad? And and that thought came to me, like my dad came from nothing, became a successful mm-hmm. businessman, mm-hmm. lost everything, became sick, and then he passed away. And if you look at me, even though my father passed away when I was 11 years old, I, t- I never really knew my dad, right? I mean, you know, uh, you're probably the same, you know, I mean, I'm 47 now. It's like, you know, my dad never, he was like old school guy, right? I never heard my dad tell, yeah. you, tell me, hey, I love you or yeah. anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you mm-hmm. know, you know, he was an old school type of guy. Great guy, like I said, but anyway, is what had I done? I'd worked my way up from nothing. So subconsciously, not even aware of it, I'd built myself up into being a success in business. Um, I was managing, to give you an idea, I was, man- I was managing $1 billion of risk for my bank um, at the time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then I lost everything while I was sick. I replicated mm-hmm. what my dad, what had happened to my dad. Okay, my dad had cancer. I didn't have cancer but I had a, a, that illness. And it was mm-hmm. while I was saying these affirmations that that thought suddenly realized, came to me. And I thought, what is the subconscious belief I have around that? And again, mm-hmm. just, I don't know, through, you, 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 I believe it was divine, you know, being, mm-hmm. raising my vibration to a certain level that I, I don't see my thoughts mm-hmm. as my own. Um, I, I see that as, as uh, divine guidance. And the mm-hmm. thought just came to me, hey, I am worthy of being healthy. I am worthy of being a healthy father that's mm-hmm. able to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. And that was one wow. of the shifting moments in my life that I remember clearly that from that time on is that my business started growing financially and my health mm-hmm. and everything became better. So mm-hmm. the reason why I share that story with you I wasn't even aware, but it was like this bright light went off. Yes, I had subconsciously recreated my father's journey. Although yeah. my my journey was minus the alcohol. I chose mm-hmm. in 2001 to stop drinking alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just used to drink it recreationally. Right? I'd go out to a bar and have some fun with your friends and whatever. Um, Maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. I didn't really enjoy it, but I just decided one day after, you know, having too much uh, tequila and beers, that mm-hmm. no ways, I'm not doing this. Um, so everything else I had created and I created subconsciously. And so that's the power of beliefs. Right? This happens on a subconscious level. So you go recreate these patterns in your life of either your parents or somebody else. And that's, exactly. we also recreate those patterns by attracting certain partnerships into our life. Mm-hmm. You ever mm-hmm. wonder why you create that, 
you sort of attract that same type of boss over and over and yes. over, or that yes. same type of lover mm-hmm. over and over and over, or that same yep. type of friend that lets you down over and over, because mm-hmm. those people are there to annoy you, yes, and cause you pain. Why? Because they are your master teachers in life. They're there to come to teach you a lesson, teach you how to mm-hmm. overcome that challenge and teach you how to dissolve that belief system around yourself or relationships or whatever your lesson Mm -hmm. is. And until you address that, those people will continue to show up in your life. And so for me, is all of a sudden that belief system that I wasn't even aware of was revealed to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was like probably four years in. Right? So... Mm -hmm. um, Mm-hmm. But it's interesting if you if you do the work and you immerse yourself into it, like these magical moments happen, and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everything is just. I don't have the answer for everything, but there's certain defining moments in my life that that you wouldn't even know if you didn't pay attention, but which mm-hmm. are the, the biggest catalysts for change in my life. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Kenneth, we got to wrap this up. I'm sorry we could talk for hours about this stuff. I enjoyed this interview. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me in Carlsbad, California. Uh, uh, but otherwise, you can you can you can visit you can visit me and um, just don't tell the police they haven't found me yet. No, I'm kidding. Um, you can find me on my website at uh, kennethtodd.com. So that's uh, T-O-D-D, uh, Kenneth, uh, as the Americans say, Todd.com. And I'm also on, I'm also on Facebook. Um, so facebook.com uh, forward slash Kenneth Todd Coaching, or I'm on Instagram at Kenneth Todd Official. And uh, okay. yeah, thank, thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Kenneth, and um, we'll have you on again for sure. But um, this is Amy Toy for Angel Answers with Amy Toy. May the angels carry you through the next week. Goodbye, everyone.